welcome. David Levin here, Raising Your Game Today. This is Tuesday, so we're talking sports and sports parenting. And this week we're talking about mastery, mastering the mental game. Can anyone really do that? <laughs> because in our context, with you as a parent, think about how to help your child boost their mental game, it's maybe the biggest question. Can it really be done? What does it even mean to master your mental game? I talk about this in the book and the training, but the chances are uh, you haven't read the book or taken the training yet. It's actually one of the most important points. So I wanted to talk about this today. So first off, yes, you can absolutely master your mental game. And it's easier than you probably imagine. Shockingly easy once you get how it works. I say that a lot, but it really is. It's like you're struggling with your mental game. You don't know, you got no idea how it works. You can't do anything about it, it seems like. And then all of a sudden, you get this material and you click and you go, oh, oh, now I see it. And from then on, it's like, boom, not to say it's without effort that we're going to talk about that. It is, it isn't without effort, but it's shockingly easy once you see it. It's anyway, I'll, do, I'll make that point and we'll go on. So as I say, it's shockingly easy once you get how it works, but it's important to understand what we mean by mastery, what it is and what it isn't. It is not a destination. You don't do the work and then arrive at some point where you suddenly have no more mental game struggles from then on. That's not what mental game mastery means at all. What it means is you shift from having your inner game controlling you, which is how it tends to work now. We get upset. We stay upset for way longer than is helpful. We get worried about something. We keep worrying about it and worrying about it until it sort of drives us nuts. <laughs> we get distracted. We stay distracted. We forget what we were even working on. Our inner life, our thoughts, our emotions, our physical you know, condition in the moment, these tend to control our overall state from one moment to the next. That's how it works for most people. Mastering your inner game turns that around. So now you can control your overall state. If you get distracted, you can pull your attention right back. If you get upset, you can snap out of it very quickly. If you have some sort of physical thing going on, you're tired, you're hungry, you're in pain, something like that, you can keep it from taking over your state. That's what it looks like to get mastery over your inner game. You control your state rather than having it control you. But notice in all that I just said, the negative triggers are still there. The distractions, still happen. The upsets still happen. The physical things still happen. None of that changes because all of that is just life. In the Raise Your Inner Game material, I refer to all these triggers as inner gravity because they pull us down from where we want to be. They weigh on us all the time and they are always there, just like physical gravity. The pull is always there. It never goes away. So the goal of raising your inner game, of mastering your inner game, is not to make gravity go away, because that's not possible. Instead, the goal is to learn to rise above it. That's what mastering your inner game looks like. You can stay the person you want to be, you can perform at the level you need, no matter what else is going on around you. And here's another point with that. You notice I said, perform at the level you need. That level is not the same all the time. 
sometimes you need to be at a higher level than others. For me, and this is the example I use in the book, or at least one of them, uh, I need to be at a higher level when I'm working on a project, like writing a book. When I was working on Raise Your Inner Game, I was all in with every one of the Raise Your Inner Game tools, just super sharp and focused and adherent to all those. And it makes that difference, it works. But most of the time, I don't need to operate at that level. So I'm not as focused on every aspect of it. Another, like a sports example, is um, on-season and off-season. Athletes will train to a whole different level of fitness and diet and all that stuff, body weight, you know, body fat percentage, uh, in the off-season, I mean in the on-season, then in the off-season they, they dial it back a little bit. And it's not because they're lazy, it's because that's a healthier way to do it. You can't be at that ultimate level all the time. Another great example, also sports, I heard an athlete, actually, was an MMA fighter, actually, say that training is 90% physical and 10% mental, whereas competition is the opposite. 10% physical, 90% mental. I don't know if those numbers are accurate, of course, but they seem like they could be. But the big point is, for our purposes, it's the difference between them. During training, you may not need to be as intensely focused on managing your mental game. During competition, you almost certainly do. Okay, then that is my other huge definition point about inner game mastery. Once you understand how it all works and you have the skills and the tools to control it and you develop this ongoing self-awareness of where things are with your inner game in the moment, now you can do that work. You can adjust the level of your inner work to match the situation. That to me is really the ultimate sign of inner game mastery. Again, you can stay the person you want to be, you can perform at the level you need, no matter what level that is, and you can do that no matter what else is going on around you. That's inner game mastery. And virtually anyone can get there once you have the right system. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week. Can anyone really master their mental game? The answer is absolutely yes. As long as you know what mastery means, in this context, it's not a destination. It's the ability to self-regulate and rise above whatever distractions and upsets come up. Anyone can learn to do that. I hope that was helpful and inspiring. I mean, it actually is to me. That's, it's super inspiring. It's one of the things that I get so excited about with this material. And that is it for this episode. If you have teenagers in sports, check out our Mental Game Starter Kit. It's a great set of resources to help you start boosting their mental game. Just go to raiseyourinnergame.com, scroll to the bottom, you can learn about it and register there. It's all free, of course. If you like what you heard on today's show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pods. Every review helps more people find the show and get the mental game boost they need and some maybe some helpful sports parenting tips. If you'd like to support the show so we can keep things ad-free, please click the Buy Me A Coffee link below and thank you for that. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast and you like video, we post all our episodes on YouTube as well. There's a link to our channel there in the show notes. And finally, we'll close with the quote we almost always close with, which is from Steve Prefontaine, the legendary long distance runner. His quote from the end of the Raise Your Inner Game book. 
he says, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. That's what we're doing. We're working to be our best and help our kids be their best. So keep up the good work, and we'll see you next time.